Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting startup founders share their stories and strategies. They also deliver tangible lessons learned along the way that you can apply to your own startup. Each episode is a true masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my special guest today is Carl Meyer. Carl, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Happy to be here, Kevin. Excited. I uh, we had a chance just to chat for just a minute before we before we hit the recording, and it's uh, I've already grilled him, so he feels like he's already been through one interview, and now we're about to start number two. He thinks I'm getting a buy one get one free deal here today. But uh, Carl, if if you and I met at a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me, Kevin? I'd tell you that. Um, what would I tell you? Of course, I would tell you that we help companies handle rapid growth. So companies get started and they, you know, have a great idea. Somebody really knows what they're doing and they've got a couple people and they're very hands-on and that's awesome. They should be. And they grow because they're successful and delivering great stuff. And all of a sudden they realize that, you know, they've got 15, 30 people and they're just completely overwhelmed to pulling their hair out and they're afraid to delegate because every time they do, it falls apart. And we bring an infrastructure to help them solve that, that problem. Is it in specific areas? Is it HR? Is it management? Is it accounting? Is it operations? Or is it just how to manage people? At the core, it is about just managing people. That is certainly the, the central challenge that we, we deal with. My experience, you know, got a little bit of, of gray here and there. Don't we uh, all? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, um, but, you know, I've had one of those careers where mostly working in lower middle market businesses, you wear many hats. Um, so, you know, without reading my resume to you, you know, I've, I've got a lot of experience in a lot of different areas from sales through finance to systems and whatever. So, that also comes with um, what I do when it's, so we've got a software that's the core of what we offer. And in some cases, you know, we, most cases like this morning, I, I uh, gave a demo and a coach um, was working with this company and wanted to use our software. So we'd bring the software training support to support that coach. So he doesn't have to become an expert on the software. There's situations where companies reach out to us directly. And, you know, in some cases where I have time, I'll uh, do some coaching myself. So I, without going, you know, through the entire journey, I mean, I, things I've looked at, you know, listened to some other interviews you've done and, and kind of try to do a little, little re pre, re pre interview research here, but um, you almost seem like a little bit of a startup junkie a little bit. I mean, you've, you've had some, some other things. I mean, I know that you, you were kind of in the corporate side of things for a while. And all of a sudden you kind of, it, I think in your bio, you mentioned, you know, you've created some SaaS companies, you've created some other, other things along this space. And I don't care how gray you are, brother, you're not that old. So I mean, <laughs> you've done some diverse things in your timeline. So walk us through that quickly. Yeah. Um, so See, both my grandfathers and my my parents have started companies, so I guess I've got a little bit of that in my blood. Um, 
you know, undergrad was economics and grad school was information systems and entrepreneurship was my concentrations. Um, I did start in corporate five, six, seven years in the corporate world. And from there, my parents twisted my arm to join the family company. Great experience, but wasn't destined to be forever. From there, I got is when I first really got entrepreneurial. Uh, started a couple software companies, one of them during the dot com, which of course, you know, did not turn into Amazon or whatever. <laughs> uh, um, and then another one right you after did. That. Um, and I, I absolutely am drawn towards startups. I've advised a bunch of them, worked with plenty of them. Uh, at the same time, I think the part of growing a business that I really, really like is the scaling. You know, once mm. we come past that, okay, you know, the startup, you got to figure out what market you're in exactly, you know, what the business model is, all those particulars, which, you know, some people are really, really excited about. I'm like, I kind of have to do this to get to the part that I really like, which yeah. is the, the scaling yeah. the organization. So that's, that is such a crucial service. I mean, there are so many, I think, startup founders that are great at launch. You know, they're not great at flying the plane. They can take off. They just can't fly it, you know, they because they can't weather storms. They don't know how to navigate. They can't find the landing airport and that type of thing. So it's uh, it really is a, a unique skill set that that is kind of that, you know, stage two rocket you know, that, that had, you know, you, you get off the ground, but somehow you got to get out of, get out of our atmosphere here. So walk us through the, just the, why is that an area that you decided to kind of focus on? Is that, was that like a, just a beautiful mosaic of everything that you were up to that point and just kind of prepared you for that? Or do you have just a unique interest in that kind of phase of development? I really think it's, you know, we all have our personality for better, for worse, right? And my personality is about optimizing a system. Mm. So a startup is really about almost unlimited possibilities. That's the cool thing about it. And for me, that's that's just too much. But once you get to, okay, now we've got a system, we've got our business model, but we need to optimize it. We need to manage the people. We need to really make it work, tune it. That's that's where I'm about now. Okay, boom. Now what? Let's double sales again. Let's boom. You know, I've been through. You know what? Was one was ten x in less than four years, seven x in four years, five x in three years. You know, so that's where I'm excited. You know, you get to hundreds of people now you're in a different animal different world somebody you know we're going to hand the baton off to the next person then but i'm going to get you a t-shirt it says my name is carl meyer i'm the human private equity roi person <laughs> i'm the, the personification of private equity roi <laughs> i'd love it i'd love it um yeah so and yeah you know like like I mentioned, wide range of skill sets, you know, man, I'm not your super, you know, there are people who are a lot better at whatever accounting or systems or M&A, but at that lower middle market level, I bring 
a reasonable level of confidence at a wide range of things. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, and that fits with my, let's optimize this system. That's where my, man, that's cool. We can really make this work better. You know, you're, you're the second interview I've done today. And the, the person I talked to this morning also, you know, their degree was in economics. My degree is in economics, your degree is in economics. So there's some theme going on here today that says, you know, the, these we econ majors, we've got some weird trait in our DNA that says, you know, we, we don't necessarily just like the analytics of things. We like the kind of the theory behind them, you know, that we like to kind of figure things out and kind of manipulate the process, use some modeling and, you know, just to kind of create, you know, to optimization. I think I love the word that you used, you know, we, we want to optimize, you know, the scaling of a business. And did I, did I see or, or hear somewhere that you got kind of a little company mantra that says, you know, our key, our key, uh, sweet spot is from seven to 70 employees. Did I, yes. did I hear something like that? So describe what, talk through that a little bit about where, you know, what, what's your target market? Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, you picture small company, handful of people, you've got five people, you just sit around a table and, you know, right there, you can figure everything out. You don't need a big man. You don't need an org chart. You don't need titles. You just look across the table and say, you got this. Yeah. How about you? You got that? Yep. Yep. Any questions? Yes. No. We're done. And by the way, take the trash out on your way out of the conference room because you're, you're the janitor too. <laughs> right. You know, whatever hat between the five of us, we got it all. And, you know, if we need to switch hats because you're busy with this and I got to do that. Awesome. I just was talking to, um, well, I regularly talk with companies with like about 10, 12, 15 people. And to, they're at that point, you know, where it's not so big that I've, you know, got a management team built out. You know, if you get a right. company 100, if you get to 100, you've got to have some kind of management team. Or you're in trouble. Or, or you've got know, a mess on your hands, right? Create, you know, you're probably going to fall back down if you don't. At 12, you can kind of, you know, muscle through. You mm -hmm. can work extra hard and get it done. But to go to that next level, to go to you know 25, you're going to have to put more management structure in yeah. place. And so, you know, seven is beyond. You know, that's the edge of where you can sit down at the table. So we're happy to talk to you at that point, because if you're growing, you're going to hit that problem pretty soon. And if you're, if you're beyond 70, you know, we'll, you know, we've got companies that we, you know, meet when they're 15, 25 people. And, you know, we'll still be, you know, they'll still be using our software at 150 or whatever. But at seven to 70, is where almost every company that we see runs into that we've got to upgrade our management system. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I, you know, we, we talked about the company, but uh, tell us the, the name of the company that we haven't, we already haven't even mentioned yet. And kind of how did that get started? What was the, what was the spark that said, hey, we need a company that does these specific things? Mm -hmm. So the name of the company is Abundant. And where did that come from? So the concept of abundance is how do we make the pie bigger? 
you know, do we, everybody, many people have heard, you know, do we fight over how big our slice is or do we just make the whole pie bigger? Mm. That's the way we want to win. So that's the idea. Let's make the pie bigger, abundance, and what URL could we get? So we found abundant.com. And so that's where the name came from. And the, um, the basic you know, business problem is one that I've been working with for 20 years, you know, looking at these lower middle market companies, helping them grow, really trying to, like you say, that whole economics thing, you know, which levers do we pull? What really drives the system? And over the years, built up a whole series of tools and spreadsheets and PDFs that I would use as I went into these companies, either as you know, a consultant or as a manager. And, you know, one day, you know, I was working for a, a large uh, consulting and accounting firm and, you know, good company, but, you know, they, they've got their way of doing things. Mm -hmm. We couldn't do incentive compensation, you know, success fee type compensation, so, you know, and, and I really wanted to build out these tools and it just wasn't a fit. So it was like, need to need to go entrepreneurial to get it done and yep. so like you say you know i think where we were talking before you said yeah there's that tuesday where you just go man I, i'm out of here <laughs> yep stand on your desk you know put everything in a box and walk out absolutely so what what year was the was the company actually formed it's just over four years ago so that, i guess it was 2018 okay and if, if you, you know, went back to 2018, kind of walk us through like the growth stages, you know, in these last four years. And, you know, you've seen that hockey stick, that immediate up and to the right hockey stick, and you've never had any bumps along the road and everything was perfect. And you use your own systems to manage your company well. I mean, <laughs> I want to hear that story. Oh, right. Of course. You know, it's all, you know, yeah, up, up and to the right. Yeah. Um, except for the parts that weren't, of course. <laughs> Um, so initially, you know, I really did focus on consulting and like so many startups, you know, struggled with the business model. You know, how do I do this? Am I, uh, you know, a manager, you know, fractional manager in companies and, you know, exactly how do we do it? And it took a little while to really say, okay, we're going to have to put these tools into a SaaS organization or SAS system. And, you know, then it took a while to do it. Um, you know, I, I know you may find this hard to believe, but a computer system that took longer to develop than you thought. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shocking. That's right. That's the first time I've ever heard First this. time I've ever heard that. That's right. Double the, or triple the cost and double the time allowed. There you go. Pretty much, pretty much. So, but, you know, but we eventually got there you know, put the features, the user interface, all the things we, we, you know, wanted into it. And of course, we're continue to, you know, add features and, and you know, aspects to the system. But, um, you know, but the, and at first, the idea was we we're going to go uh, primarily work with other business advisors, mm -hmm. and they're going to be the, you know, the way we're going to go to market. You know, we get a business advisor, they've got a number of clients, and to get the leverage through them and had many discussions with the business advisors. It's like, 
great tool. I get it. Yeah, these are all concepts not new to me. I use these and yeah, I have software to do that. That sounds great. Sounds great. I just need a client that, you know, is at that stage, mm. you know, and it's yeah. like, oh, okay. And, you know, so, you know, what seemed like a great idea to have kind of that force multiplier, you know, it just was, it's kind of like developing the system. It just took much longer to develop those uh, relationships and, and get clients on board through the advisors. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we continue to work with advisors. We've got some great advisors that we work with, you know, tr- you know, happy to refer them business and, you know, opportunities as they come in. But we're also going direct to the companies now. We're doing, you know, more direct marketing to those companies and then, you know, bring in the advisors later. So it's kind of a flip right. model. A little right. Bit. And a kind of a rev share, you know, almost model that, you know, if, if you, you know, the, uh, to me that that would also, you know, make it easier for you to onboard, you know, business advisors too, if you're saying, hey, actually, we're, we're bringing leads to you, you know, instead of you having to go get them on your own. But um, I, I, uh, it's going to seem like a real sharp tangent here, you know, off the off the main course, but you know, hey, I, I told you the notes, I reserve the right to chase rabbits. But I'm just, I'm curious, especially based on your, your history, you know, the history of kind of the serial creation, you know, mode that you've been in. So if this, if this crashed tonight and you were starting again tomorrow, I am really curious, what would you focus on? What would you do? You're not betraying abundant by saying I would start a, <laughs> a t-shirt company, but uh, you know, what what I guess what area would you want to focus in that you know just be an interest that you think really has potential? Okay, so make sure I'm following the question. So abundant, poof, magically disappears. Magically just... disappeared. Everybody's nobody's mad at you. Everybody's happy. They've all retired and living on the beach. And yeah, just move, move on starting to the... something new. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you right now. I feel like we're kind of going through some pretty big changes in the world. I think COVID really accelerated the changes. I feel like a lot of manufacturing is coming back to the United States. Hmm. Um, I've heard about, you know, a lot of steel mills under construction, you know, uh, chip fabrication, but, you know, I'm here in Houston and there's a lot of, a lot of manufacturing, um, you know, historically tied to the oil field, but a lot of heavy industry and manufacturing here. And with the disruption to the supply chain and just the world changing, that's what I'm hearing. So yeah, if I was going to do something right now, I think that's the the trend. And I would, uh, I'd absolutely look into finding a, you know, a niche in manufacturing that I could uh, move into. That is really an interesting take. Um, because you you would think you know with with the kind of post industrial revolution that we're you know we're kind of getting around that hey Amazon delivers everything we need why do we need to create anything you know, you know but you're exactly right I mean the uh, the supply chain has been disrupted and it looks like that it's not going to be back to normal you know even if nothing changed it's not going to be back to normal for a couple of years you know maybe so I do think that there is a um, you know, not just oil reserves and you know, things that we're looking at right now, but just the whole idea of, you know, how do you kind of bring that, that a little closer to home so you can kind of control the full, the full length of the chain, 
you know, type right. thing instead of instead of being, you know, subject to, you know, severe disruption that's completely out of your control. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really, really, that's an interesting, interesting take. Anything specific in that in that realm that just kind of jumps out, you think? Actually, I would probably focus a little more just kind of in this area, this specific vertical. And I'm taking notes because I'm looking for a job tomorrow. So I just want to, you know, get your ideas. So not at all. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think there's there's just so many little things that, uh, you know, I don't know, since the 80s or whatever have been produced in China, you know, the geopolitics, hmm. you know, demographics of the world are changing i've heard that product the cost of labor in china has gone up since like 2000 like 14x while productivity only doubled so the price of labor's gone up you know the one child policies means that the population is shrinking labor market yeah economics people can pretty quickly tell you what that's going to mean to the price of labor there um you know just a lot of reasons i I think that, you know, the demographics of U.S. and Mexico are pretty strong, you know, um, probably something that involved, you know, that you could leverage robotics Mm -hmm. would be really, you know, I think a great opportunity. I don't have a particular, you know, um, you know, car speedometers, I don't know, but um, nothing particular, you know, comes to mind, but you know, it doesn't have to be a super complex product, but if you're manufacturing it here and it's been in China, you know, there could easily be another supply chain disruption. Who knows when? Oh, any, any time. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. If you, if you were a chip manufacturer, I think you could start working tomorrow, you know, whether it's for cars or any other electronics or something like that. I'm just drive, you know, drive by, you know, car lots right now, just see how empty they are. I mean, it's just, it is amazing to me, you know, they, they got them created. They're just waiting on the one more piece and then we can, they can be on the road, but it is, it is crazy. I mean, just the, the market right now, but uh, yeah, I'm just, I, that was really curious to, to hear your answer on that, especially, you know, based on, like I said, your history, but um, as we, as we kind of transition right now into, you know, one of my favorite parts of, of our chats here is really a kind of the mentoring moment, you know, chat. And I love to have founders on, especially founders that have, you know, kind of been down the road for, for a few years and have had some experiences and had some ups and downs and had weathered some storms. And so if you were, you were talking to somebody that's further behind in the journey, you know, than you are right now that are just getting started or thinking about starting, what are one or two really key kind of nuggets of uh, just gold that you would say, I really wish I would have known this when I started my business and some that would be, you know, pretty agnostic, you know, it doesn't specifically have to be with business consultation or, you know, scaling a business or whatever, but just general good practices. Right. Um, one thing that I've, I've both experienced and also seen numerous times is you start a company with a partner mm-hmm. and that can be really powerful, you know, Hewlett and Packard and, you know, list a whole bunch of partners that worked out fantastic but for a partner one I'd, I'd look at your kind of mission values understanding of you know how you look at the world try and get a you know as good a sense of that as you can 
I think that'll help you head off potential problems and select a partner that's really compatible. But the second part of that is, you know, it's a business marriage. Mm -hmm. The second time today I've heard that. <laughs> but it's also probably not intended to be a till death do us part marriage. Mm. You know, medical, I've seen medical situations change. I've seen priorities for family reasons. Life circumstances, uh, sure. Yeah. A thousand reasons. So yeah. when you when you form that partnership and whether it's a two person or a four person or whatever, however it is, make a plan for how you're going to break it up, mm -hmm. which is got to, you know, when, when I've told people that before, man, you know, the look on their face, like, you know, that's a betrayal. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm so excited about working with this person. You're telling me I'm going to plan for a divorce. What, you know, but um, I've also seen the pain that's come with that when, you know, you disagree on, you know, how to use the office space, how to price a product, you know, what kind of distributions to take. So that would be something pretty universal that I'd, I'd recommend. Anything else that, that comes to mind? I mean, I love that, you know, I, I remember just the notes I took, you know, make sure that the partners have the same vision or compatible, but have a dissolution prenup. You know that you've included in the in the process, but anything, any other, just kind of generic advice that you think would be really helpful. When you're when you're thinking about a startup, you know, bias for action, bias for doing it. To me, another way to phrase that is, if you're a hundred percent sure of how this is going to work and what you're going to do, you're too late. Mm. You moving when you're somewhere but like 60 70 80 percent sure um realize that you are going to run into things you couldn't have expected and if you're going to go do a startup be okay with that i, but, I love that i have never i've done this for four years i've never had anybody kind of like quantify that, you know, when you're ready that says, you know, Hey, if you're, if you're hundred percent ready, you're too late. It's kind of like the, is it read, read, um, Hasty, yeah, the, the LinkedIn, you know, founder, he said, he said, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, you, you know, you waited too late to launch it or something like that. I mean, it's, it's kind of in that same vein that, you know, you are, you are too late. I love that. Love that. Well, Carl, this is, uh, it's been a pleasure to just kind of hear the story of, you know, how you got started and, and uh, kind of wrap my head around, you know, just Carl Meyer, you know, the founder and the gentleman here. How do we, how do we do that? You know, the things that he, that he likes and the things that he's, you know, kind of shared your, your history and your timeline with us a little bit, but is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would just like to, you know, wrap us up with today that you think that would be also helpful to our listeners? Well, I love scaling. And an extremely successful entrepreneur that I know once told me that every time you doubled your sales in your business, everything breaks. Mm. You know, you're out of your systems, your communication falls apart, and you got to be constantly fixing it as you grow at that at a rapid pace. And I, I was, that always struck me. So I thought I'd share that. Has that been your your uh, experience as well? Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, you know, used to be, I had to tell Susie that we got a new order. Now I got Susie and Matt and I forgot to tell Matt and now something didn't get done. And ah, so, yeah. That's or I delegated it to Susie and Susie forgot that I delegated that to her. And yeah, she's got five people. She has to tell now because she's now the team leader. I'm just playing golf on Thursdays now. So I, Susie, what are you thinking? <laughs> You're making me look bad here. So yeah, I, that is, that is really an interesting, uh, I, I love the way you kind of close this out today. This, that is a sage piece of advice that uh, it reminds me a little bit of an interview I did probably a month ago that the guy that was I was interviewing said every year we recycle virtually the bottom 10% of everything. It's like, it's like the even staff, you know, where it goes to staff, it, it's operations, it is clientele, you know, they just kind of say, you know what, we that's the only way we can we can refresh, you know, hit the refresh button, you know. Um, on the on the business and it, it's it's kind of in this same vein that says you know you you really do need a complete you know read or I guess not necessarily redesign but you need to certainly review your practices and processes you know when you're when you're when you scale because it's a di they're different problems that you're trying to solve for for sure is that that been your experience absolutely yeah I think that's great observation great observation absolutely well, Carl, where can people find you online? Where's the best place? Of course, you can go to uh, www.abundant.com. Find us there. Uh, you can find Carl Meyer on LinkedIn. And we Abundant is on all your favorite social media, whether that's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. Well, I actually sent you a connection request earlier today on LinkedIn. So I'd, I'd love to get connected and, and uh, just stay in the conversation. But Carl... Thanks again for just taking time today on this uh, late Friday afternoon and sort of closing up and heading into the weekend. And, and uh, I want to see the abundance that uh, the weekend is going to bring for all of us. But thank you for just sharing your story and just playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Carl, have a great weekend. My pleasure, Kevin. Thank you. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.